0: From the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Celebrating Powerhouse Women is proudly presented by CAB Incorporated and Capital City Home Loans.
1: And hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of celebrating powerhouse women the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community today it is my distinct pleasure to welcome our guest miss deirdre cox and miss deirdre is the founder and president of the community sustainability enterprise better known as CSE and they lead the Georgia-based nonprofit in their impactful region community and economic development work. Welcome to the show, Deirdre. And thank you, sunshine. It's happy to, I'm happy to be here with you. Me too. And yes. for those that can't see us, we are both rocking our our autumn colors today. Yes. We didn't even plan it. Our spirit sisterness brought our wardrobes together so that we would appear festive in all the photos. Yes. Thank you for joining us. I wanted you just to share really quickly with our listeners a little bit about what you do with your foundation.
0: So with CSE, we are all about upward economic mobility. So we wrap four pillars around individuals who are desirous of increasing their income earning potential, developing self-efficacy, building financial legacies. So those four pillars are mental and physical wellness, educational attainment, workforce career development, and financial literacy and capability. Wow. That was, I was trying to write down the four pillars. Well, we can, we can also say we refer to those as the anatomy of sustainability. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, you say that so fluidly and it sounds like a lot of thought and hard work went into developing that mission statement. Would you that consider that your mission statement? Absolutely. And obviously as the founder and president, you probably are responsible for creating that, the core values. Just share with us a little bit because they're so in depth where you came up with that foundation.
0: It is a personal call for me Um, growing up, grew up with some amazing people in my family, but also had some dysfunction in my family. Um, The dysfunction in my family led me to a lot of highs and lows, depression, suicidal attempts, and I had some amazing people come into my life that showed me the importance of mental wellness, the importance of physical wellness. Um, The women in my family, they, they struggled with a lot of predispositions, and I didn't want that. Um, And and I wanna say this to everybody who's had any kind of a dysfunctional experience in their lives, that's not where you end. That may be the beginning, but that's just the start of the journey. So the mental and physical wellness piece was critical. Um, I looked at the the journey I took, Amanda. So what was the journey that God took me down so that I could get to the place of being sustainable and developing self-efficacy? You know, educational attainment. That was something that was really hard for me early on because it was really hard for me to focus. Anybody out there that understands trauma brain will understand that trauma really does impact a person's ability to learn. So educational attainment's critically important because that's how you develop a skill set that will pay you a livable wage. Um, The third pillar is workforce and career development. I can't tell you how many times I showed up in the workplace wrong because of a trigger moment. Um, a conversation with a male that reminded me of something that my father said to me or some of the abuse that I had been through. You got to deal with those things because going into the workforce, you've got to show up employable and promotable. Hmm. And then financial literacy and capability. It's not okay to be emotionally dysfunctional and be a spendthrift because you're looking for something to medicate. So spending used to be a way of self-medication. For me. So these four pillars, these were the things that God did for me. This is how he led me into the path and down the path of wellness. And I still do my work every day. So that's why this is a work of heart for me.
1: And that is your passion is evident. If it's not Um, too much to ask I'd like to dive just back into a few of the things that you mentioned that helped make you uh, the success that you are today Mm -hmm. so let's kind of rewind and we'll start with uh, family and maybe school and um, when you met uh, mr. David and then on to your children but if it's not too uncomfortable to speak about maybe the relationship that you mentioned um, with your parents or that family dynamic Mm -hmm. that kind of helped lead you to where you're
0: at. Absolutely. So, you know, my mom, um, I think that she was probably the result of um, living in a womb where um, depression was her residence for nine months because my grandmother had lost a few children. Um, So I think when I look back on things, I think that was part of what my mom's challenge was. My mom was not outwardly affectionate and we all know that children really need that nurturing. So my mom didn't give me a lot of that and I think it's just because she didn't know how and I've forgiven her and I have grace for her in that area. But God blessed me with some amazing grandparents. My Papa Smallwood, Clarence Smallwood was an entrepreneur for life but he was also a hardworking man. He walked 10 miles every day. He walked five miles to get to the railroad for a job. Then he came back home, got his little Johnny Walker Red in the little glass and I could hear those ice cubes clinking and then he walked another five miles across town to do the yards for the white people that worked that lived across the railroad tracks because that was a thing back in the day the black people lived on one side of the railroad tracks and the white people lived on the other side but my grandfather had such amazing favor with everybody everybody loved him so I was the first grandbaby so he loved me and he was my protector. Then my father's mother, because my father wasn't really in my life as a child, as a young child. Um, So my grandmother, uh, Granny Alice, she was a serial entrepreneur as well, because she came from a family. uh, My great-grandfather was the, the first black tailor in the Jewish community in Kansas City, Missouri. Yay, Oscar Gibson, senior. So she was the product of that family, and she was a loving woman, loved God, and just loved me with the love of God. So, so even though, you know, I, I see why my parents, why they had the issues they had because of what they went through. My father kind of felt like he was um, a bastard child, if you will, because he didn't know who his dad was. So as a black man, he struggled with that. So I, I understand why they had their issues, but I had some amazing grandparents that left me a legacy of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and of belonging and of learning to adapt and of being resilient. I had an amazing aunt, and she's probably gonna to listen to this, um, Evelyn Smallwood Shaw, um, an amazing school teacher. I used to spend summers in um, East St. Louis, Missouri with all the educators in our family. That's where I learned what undergarments a woman is supposed to wear under her dress. Slips were a thing for me back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they taught me how to eat. They taught me etiquette. So I can remember having, having breakfast and we had oatmeal I mean homemade oatmeal Mm we we had all the the place settings at the table and they they gave me um, a real hard look at what the importance of education was Um, so education was really important um, kind of fast-forwarding decided to um, to go to school Central Missouri State decided to focus on um, media and journalism Um, then um, moved to California, actually, with my dad, because my father decided, and my father and I, because my father came into my life a little bit later in life, and I won't give you all the sorted details about all the other dysfunction. But a lot of things happened between stepfather and father that really created some trauma in my life. So it was always picking myself up and and trying to pull myself along. But all along the way, I kept meeting amazing people. Mm-hmm. So decided to follow my father to San Francisco because he became the um, the news. He became a news anchor for KGO Television. Wanted to live in San Francisco. Had never lived in San Francisco. Lived there. Um, um, met my son's father, and um, and my son's name is Noah. Noah is 38 years old. So Noah is a San Francisco uh, San Francisco General Hospital baby. He was born in San Francisco. Um, my father died in San Francisco. Um, lived lived a hard life. was was an amazing journalist. But my father was also an alcoholic. Um, smoked a lot. And that, that lifestyle it took its toll on him because he worked hard and I have to be mindful of that because workaholics are what I come from because we work hard because my grandfather always said you've got to grind and you've got to work to get what you want yes. so um, work ethic is nothing that I'm, I'm, that's not new to me but my father he kind of worked himself into the grave, if you will and my father died at 47. Mm-hmm. So when my father died, my stepmother moved back to New York, um, which is where I was raised because I missed some time in there because my formative years I, was, I spent in New York City. Mm-hmm. So when people ask me where I'm from, I say New York City. New York. 444 Central Park West. <laughs> um, my stepmother, who has gone on to be with the Lord too, her name was Rosa. She was an amazing Hispanic woman. So I came from a family of an African-American male and a, a Latinx, so a Puerto Rican woman. She taught me the value of family. What I learned from my stepmother was this. No matter how badly people act, They're still your blood. Mm -hmm. So we don't don't reject them, we don't deny them, and she didn't do that. But I learned from the other side of my family, that was what I learned, I learned abandonment. Mm. I learned rejection. Again, I had those two great-grandparents, but some of the other stuff that went on, there was a lot of rejection in there, right? But Rosa taught me how to love regardless. She taught me how to love hard, and she loved me hard, and I was hard to love back then. So when my father died, my stepmother moved back to New York, and I wanted to be as close to her as I could because she was a gem in my life. She's the one that taught me about therapy, and you've got to continually do your work. She's the one that taught me about being authentic, being transparent, not worried about who's in the room, but show up as your true authentic self. So when she died, I felt like a part of me died with her, however, comma, because of how much she poured into me, I knew that it was important that I continue my work, so... I'm kind of all over and the place. And you do that.
1: do that. I have to just share with you really quickly. I can empathize with that. My mother's from South America. She's from Argentina. So that same absolute um, blood family, no matter what, is ingrained in me. And it is a challenge, like you said, when you have family members who are hard to love, for you to continue to press on with that whole heart of goodness, knowing that, you know, that blood surpasses um, whatever that, the flesh is going on right then and there. Um, it sounds like Rosa was a wonderful, wonderful woman. Now I know where some of your little fire yeah. comes from. It makes sense. Yes. Uh, did she teach you how to dance by chance? Oh, she
0: taught me how to salsa. salsa. Sa- mira, mommy. Mira, bailar. Bailar. You? Yes, yes. Lo- love, love Latin music. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear Latin music, I get excited. I love arroz y gandules. I love pernil. I can cook. Got the great pronunciation, too. Because she taught me. So, one of the things that my father, because he was a journalist, he said, You never sound like where you come from, but he said, You adapt. My father was a brilliant man. And I got to say this to every brilliant person out there, disregard the dysfunction and keep focusing on your greatness Mm -hmm. because my father was a great man. And the only thing that pains me to this day is that he didn't recognize that he was as amazing as he was. was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: You and I were chatting before the show and there have been some influential people and I I do the same thing. I water bug. I kind of steer around from topic to topic, but we'll bring it back to, (laughs) to, um, to the days. Um, That were influential to you. And we were talking about people that help you see the light within you when you might not be in a place to kind of see that for yourself. And we shared some some common names. Maybe you can share with our audience um, the experience of having someone kind of recognize their talents within and help cultivate them and help you promote yourself
0: um, through your role. I think in business it's very important that we have three kinds of people. Somebody that knows more than we do, so that's a mentor. Someone that knows as much as we do. So somebody that's grinding it out and somebody that's that's pursuing purpose as passionately as we are and then someone we can pay it forward with. I was so blessed when I moved to the Atlanta market to meet Greg Shoemate. I hope I don't start crying. Um, I just lost my husband um, and Angel and my daughter. We moved and um, I was wondering because I just left Wells Fargo, I said I, I don't want to do this. Where you know we are, we're promoting economic mobility, but I still see us putting people into subprime loans, mm-hmm. and that's not a negative aspersion upon upon Wells Fargo by any stretch of the imagination. But I met Greg, and Greg said, "So when are you coming to work for me?" i what? And he brought me in. Um, immediately filled out an application he brought me in and then i went to him about a year later and i said greg i don't think i want to originate anymore because when i was at wells i was doing more in the community and that's where my heart is he said write your job description what who says that he said write your job description one of the things i can say about greg Shoemate is when he says to you what can i do for you he means it that's not just talk i wrote my job description he sat me down in front of the president of the bank and i had a job offer 72 hours later I became Brand Bank's community and economic development officer and can I tell you that all these years later the dollars and cents probably about 2.5 million dollars that Greg allowed me to to earmark and to put into the community so that we could really build something that mattered he said to me if we're going to give it away I'm not going to do it it's not going to be a handout but if you can show me that we can put process to people and because of the process the purpose and the people we can produce something that we can all be proud of and he said remember I'm a mortgage guy so I'm looking for mortgages but I want sustainable homeowners that's what he allowed me to do he gifted me with my my purpose was already in place Mm -hmm. but he gifted me with the process and the place yes to, to fulfill my purpose I'm living my best life right now because Greg Shumate gave me a chance
1: And we'll give a a quick shout out to the Shoemates because they are partners in this series. Uh, Capital City Home Loans is a great partner of ours, an enthusiast of celebrating powerhouse women like yourself. So I can see that he was able to identify a powerhouse woman. I have to ask you just out of curiosity because you created the role. Was that role in existence before you developed that um, position? And is it still today or was that something that was
0: uniquely you? So the role in the banking industry, as, a, as, as big as the bank was at that time, there was supposed to be a role dedicated to that. Um, I think they'd had a couple of people come in and nothing ever stuck, but the role that, that we built out and that we created, it, it's, it's now, because, you know, brand has been sold, but that position stayed. Still exists. Uh-huh, so that's, nice. that position still exists, but but community development officers are, every bank that's over a certain asset size should have one. Have one. Mm-hmm.
1: I bet they never knew, or I'm sure they, they thought, but they never knew how much it would be a success and how much you would flourish in taking that by the helm. I wanna rewind just a little bit um, about the paying it forward and about the mentor and the grind. And I wanna ask you, because we were chatting before about being exhausted. Mm -hmm. You and I see each other in the marketplace all the time, sometimes three times a day at different events, 50 miles away from each other. And it is apparent that you devote your time, treasures and talents to not only the community, but the people that you are um, intertwined with. How do you remain sane and balanced through giving so much to everybody else?
0: Because this is a a spiritual walk for me. Um, It's a ministry for me, right? So um, there's a scripture that says, they that wait on the Lord, um, he'll renew your strength, you'll walk, you won't be weary, you'll run and you won't faint. And that's what I do. So when I feel exhausted, I go in prayer, um, spend a lot of time with God in prayer. He's here right now. Um, So you know, I'm always looking at where are my energies gonna be best suited. What is, he to, what is he doing? What, what am I supposed to be doing in this person's life? What's my purpose for being in this conversation? What's my purpose for being in this room? Um, so it's, it's that that keeps me grounded mm-hmm. on a day-to-day. And when I feel that I can't go another further, as my grandmother used to say, when you can't go another further, what do you do? I sit down. Take a rest. And I take a rest. And I rejuvenate. And I give back to myself because that's important. And I think that's where I, I learned to stop being a workaholic and to start being purpose, because if you work yourself into exhaustion, you're no good for anybody, Mm -hmm. so.
1: What are some of the things that you enjoy doing to refresh
0: Deirdre? Um, Love reading, Um, love a good chiropractic adjustment, love an amazing um, massage, an hour and a half massage, the hour just does not do. Um, The beach is my happy place. And I love walking. Um, During the pandemic, I I discovered that walking is really therapeutic for me because it gives me an opportunity to be in the great outdoors. And I've got Mm -hmm. so much energy that I need that. Got to be able to be out and about. So those are some of the things I love doing. And um, I love listening to audiobooks, too. Cool. I
1: started listening to podcasts and audiobooks because I didn't have as much time to read actual print as I used to. And I wanted to continue to expand my mind and fell in love with podcasting. And here we are. Yes. Deirdre, we're going to have a quick word from one of our, or from both of our partners, excuse me. And then you and I are going to come back and uh, kick it back off. Awesome. Since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail with their precision machined iron and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB Incorporated is proud to be a returning partner of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. With strong roots in the past and firm footing in the future, Capital City Home Loans combines an old-fashioned sense of community with a progressive attitude. They are a trusted full-service lender, offering mortgage finance products and empowering their associates to help clients choose the best options. They are focused on being the best and strongest lender in the Southeast. Visit CCHL.com slash locations to see all of their offices, including Gwinnett. And welcome back. Thank you again for joining us. My guest today is Deirdre Cox, and we're going to jump into some fun. Deirdre. We're going to take it back to the personal aspect. You and I were chatting before the show and we just realized we had this commonality um, that we both lived in Peachtree City, Georgia, which is about 70 miles south of Gwinnett. For those of you who don't know, it's better known as the golf cart community. But I grew up there and I graduated from Stars Mill High School and I just learned that Deirdre's Oldest son actually went to Macintosh.
0: No, actually, it's my daughter. Your daughter, mm-hmm. excuse me. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Angel. Yes. Went to Macintosh for a little while, and that was my high school. Call or, or excuse me, my high school football rival. So I think that's hilarious. Um, tell us a little bit about your children and about how you kind of entered into motherhood and um, some things about your husband, David, maybe how you guys found each other in this this wonderful world.
0: Oh, yes. Um, you know, it's interesting. So about the the past um, and just, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places sometimes. Um, you know, that's how I met Noah's dad. Um, but But Noah is an amazing young man. He is 38 years old. He is a Licensed realtor in Los Angeles, California. Good-looking young man. Um, and I'll fast forward to David. How about that? Um, so, David, I met David when I moved back. So after my father passed away, um, and I was trying to get back as close to my stepmother as possible. I was trying to get as close to New York as possible. And the bank that I was working for at that time, World Savings Bank, they were the last vestige of an SNL. And they said, we can't get you to New York, but we can certainly get you to Maryland. We can get you below the Mason-Dixon line. I said, "Woohoo! okay, here we come. Well, between my father and the the various marriages, um, I have siblings. So I've got um, two brothers that live in D.C., and I've got a sister that lives in Kansas City. So my brothers live in D.C., Maryland. So it was awesome to move there and to get to spend more time with them, right? So Noah, because Noah's father is Jewish, so Noah's got this curly hair. So everybody, most black barbers couldn't couldn't deal with Noah's hair, right? So I had to find the unique barber. So I asked somebody where should I go, so they gave me the name of a barber shop. So going to the barber shop with Noah, and I'm reading Terry McMillan's book, Waiting to Exhale. And I was like, how come they can't just fall in love and everything could just be okay? Can, can we do that? So this gentleman that was David's friend, his best friend, he says to me, so what are you reading? And I said, Terry McMillan's book, Waiting to Exhale. And he goes, so what do you think about that? I said, I am so over people just not falling in love and being happy forever. I want happily ever after. So he looks at David and he says, Dave, I think this might be somebody you need to meet. So we start talking and great conversation. And then you know Noah gets his haircut. And um, his friend says, oh, you need to give David your card because he needs to refinance his house because he's getting a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Had to plug that, that he was about to be single. (sighs) So started out, I met my husband. I did his mortgage. Was he a barber? No David, no, David was a contractor. David was... He was he, just
1: in the barbershop? He was in
0: the barbershop okay. with his friend, with his friend Terry. And David, at that time, David was a media specialist for NASA. I don't know if you know this or not, but NASA, when you know they would send all the rockets, so you have to have people take care of the tape, the reels. So David managed all of those things wow. as a contractor, right? So um, so I met him, refinanced his house. He got divorced, refinanced his house, um, got to see all about his financials. Yeah, I was okay. going to say, his credit, okay. that matters. Okay. <laughs> Um, met him, and um, he just he fell in love with Noah and really wanted to be a stepfather to Noah. Um, because D.C. is full of contractors, the contract that he had with NASA, that um, ended up ending. And um, he wanted to be a, a library specialist, so he wanted to be a media specialist in the schools because that's what his mother was, oh. a media specialist, a retired media specialist. Um, David's mother actually had colon cancer, so as we were dating, um, his mother passed away from colon cancer. So that was the first red flag, colon cancer, and she was a younger woman as well. And the doctors told us that David needed to be mindful of colon cancer. That went in one ear and out the other. Um, But we got married about a year after his mother passed away, and we ended up moving to Newport News, Virginia. Um, I was told at the time that I couldn't have any more children. um, So we didn't expect to have any more children. And Angel became our miracle baby. Hence her name, Angel. Mm-hmm. Angel. It was funny when we went back in. You know, when we were going to the doctor for for repeat exams, and they were supposed to be telling us what the sex was. Angel had her legs closed. That that's how <laughs> she determined. Said, nope. That's how determined my baby is. My baby's mm-hmm. like, if I say no, I mean no. It'd be a surprise. Okay, and so so I said to my husband, I said, now because the Latin culture is a part of me, I said, you know, Latinos they call the baby the baby boy and the baby girl angel. So so we can have an angel, right? Either way, and, yeah. And he was okay with that. Cool. He was he was okay with the gender piece. Mm-hmm. So so when she he he was so happy, and she was the first girl in his family since his sister. Wow. So that baby has been loved on. Has been spoiled rotten, but she's an amazing young woman. She's such a combination of her dad and myself. Um, she went through a lot of pain when she lost her dad because you know David. Um, David died when she was seven. Mm-hmm. He was diagnosed with cancer when she was five. So a lot of that she doesn't remember because we didn't, she was young and we didn't really make it commonplace to the kids. If I could do it all over again, I would have engaged them in the process so that we could have created a more healthy healing environment for them. Because you took the brunt of it to shield them. Yep. Yep. And that she didn't want that. Again, she's determined. She wanted to experience that. And I don't know if if I would have done that. It completely differently, but I would have done some things differently. Mm-hmm. But Angel has grown into an amazing woman. Um, she graduated from Liberty University in two and a half years. Wow. And a part of that is because she did some dual enrollment courses and she went to GGC mm-hmm. uh, before she went to Liberty. But she's an amazing woman. She's now working in the mental health field. Wow. Um, so, you know, she's paying it forward. And as well. where is she located? She's, she lives in Lynchburg, Virginia. So okay. she graduated from Liberty and stayed there.
1: Your family is all over the place. We
0: are. We are. We are.
1: And you've you've covered a lot of territories we have. in your years. We have. Now here with you in Georgia, who who are your um, who's your
0: home sphere here? So I like to call them my kin folk, not my skin folk, because mm-hmm. I don't have many of my skin folk here. So um, hey, I'm a part of that crew, and you are a part of that crew. <laughs> you are a part of that crew. So I've I've got a, a really good group of sister friends mm-hmm. um, that were spiritual friends. Dr. Rhonda is a good friend. Um, there's cert- folks that are in her circle of influence that are good friends. Um, Kioka Kite, if she hears this out there, um, you know, because I work and I live all in the same breath sometimes Mm -hmm. a lot of my work relationships have become close friends so I've got sister friends and 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 guy friends Mm -hmm. um that are really good friends that look out for me um and that make sure that I'm okay and I think because I kind of grew up in my adult life as more of a loner because I was still trying to figure the family thing out because family was was such a hot topic growing up right I had to kind of come back to that Mm -hmm. so I like I love my skin folk um but I love my kin folk
1: And our chamber family,
0: too. Our chamber family, excuse me, is so very important to me because, you know, my grandfather and my grandmother that I told you owned the dry cleaning business, Mm -hmm. they were the first African-Americans in the Chamber of Commerce in Warrensburg, Missouri. Wow. And my grandfather was the first um, chairman of the the chamber. chamber. And he was the first Rotarian, the first African-American Rotarian. So being a part of the chamber is just, it's second nature to me. It's in your blood. It's in my blood. And once I got in there and realized that networking, this is what it's all about. It's about establishing relationships. Mm -hmm. Let me get to know you. So I'm learning a lot about relationship building on a deeper level. And that's how I'm able to cultivate new relationships that have become friendships for me. Mm -hmm. Because I'm learning to cultivate those relationships by just being authentic.
1: Absolutely. And getting to know people. I think you and I share a same passion um, t- for connecting people. And we have a large sphere of influence that Allows us to do so. You pour yourself into the community. I see you at Ribbon Cuttings. You're an ambassador. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you are on the board of the Chamber yes. of Commerce. Yes. Uh, you volunteer for anything and everything. You're a moving and shaking. For anybody that is uh, new to the area or that is looking to become more involved, what are some groups that you find fruitful that you could recommend? Or what are some things that you enjoy participating in?
0: Um. I, lo- I love being a part of the chamber, so I'm just going to say this. Anybody out there that's a small business that needs to expand their bandwidth and expand their circle of influence, you need to become a part of the chamber because we are moving and shaking authentically mm-hmm. and in a real way here. Um, there's so many amazing opportunities for people to get involved. Gwinnett County Public Schools, mm-hmm. I think principal for a day is an amazing experience. You know, when we were at Brand Bank, um, Greg Shumate and I were instrumental in putting a bank branch inside of Meadow Creek High School. Yes. And then when I left and started CSE, uh, Peach State Federal Credit Union contracted us and we supported them in putting a branch inside of uh, Central Gwinnett High School. So I, I always say this shout out to Gwinnett County Public Schools and the College and Career Academies. That's an amazing place for professional individuals to plug in. If you want to groom your next generation workforce, if you wanna break bad habits before people get into the workforce and begin to establish bad habits, that's the place to be, in the classroom with these students who are learning different industries. You've got culinary, you've got IT, you've got welding, you've got a lot of different careers. There's a lot of amazing um, supportive housing shelters. Rainbow Village is an amazing partnership. Homes for Hope, yeah. uh, Maureen. Yeah. Uh, there's amazing opportunities for folks to get involved. I would say this, when you get involved, don't just get involved to volunteer. Here at CSE we talk about um, establishing community change agents. What is a community change agent? For us, that's the person that we bring in that's a subject matter expertise that we allow to really talk about one of those pillars that we have, and they come back in and they coach Mm -hmm. our folks. So they help them apply what they've learned, and they teach them how to apply it so that they're actually developing Mm self-efficacy. So get involved, but get involved from a change agent perspective. Get involved for the purpose of making a difference. When you walk into a person's life, make sure they're different when you leave their life.
1: Not just making an appearance.
0: And checking a box.
1: You know, you said something earlier, and I want to bring it back again because we're both um, faithful ladies. Uh, It reminds me of teaching a person to fish. You know, if you give a man a fish for one day, of course he'll eat. But if you teach him how to fish, then he'll eat for the rest of his life. That's what I believe that you're doing through your program. And that's what I think that you are just built to do. I don't think, of course, if someone was hungry, you'd give them a fish. But I think that you find it more important to teach them so that they can be sustainable thereafter. One thing I did want to also just mention is, as far as these organizations like the Chamber, they work if you work them. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people that um, have a laissez-faire attitude towards participation, if you just go park it and go networking, it's not going to come you have got to open up you have got to um, insert yourself or make an earnest effort and i think that's part of what you do through the ambassadors program is it not it is you kind of help identify people that are new to um, the marketplace and you offer assistance in any way that you can which is a fantastic pairing Mm -hmm. Um, i recently had coffee with a gentleman named nazir who is with the Aqua Green Car Wash, and he was just ranting and raving about you and all of the things you immediately put him in touch with so many people that will help him out. He's doing car washing at at, um, the Shoemates. He's all kinds of stuff. So you just, you get in there and you get it done. I like it. You're a mover and shaker. I have your bio in front of me, and it says something here that I've circled. Um, You... Through your organization, you create projects that move the socioeconomic needle. That is so important and so powerful. When I called you and invited you onto the show, you were actually in what? North Carolina? Where were you at, you and Dr. Rhonda? Oh, we were in Florida. In Florida. You were pounding the pavement, spreading the good word. Yes. Just share a little bit about that experience because you travel and you literally on foot go and find and educate people within, um, you know, caveats of the community. You go and you basically are a task force of Mm -hmm.
0: education. Mm -hmm. What is that experience like? It's amazing because... um, you know, identifying the right partners right so you know I'll just talk about the Tallahassee experience we're on a project there with um, Capital City Bank and it's a fair lending affordable housing project um, so our whole focus is to go in there and to identify individuals who desire to be homeowners and we're creating a whole webinar based uh, outreach platform for them so that we can teach them those four pillars so we're going to kick off the, the webinar series next month on the 4th of November, and it will be a three-part series, and it's about home ownership preparedness. Mm-hmm. Because what I believe is you can't wake up in the middle of the night and decide you want to be a homeowner, and then you've not, had your, you've not pulled your credit, you've not reconciled things that you've done in the past that may show up on your credit report. Your credit report is literally your resume of who you are yeah. in the credit world. So teaching people how to develop socioeconomic muscle mass is critical because it's about Financial education, but then it's about financial capability because when we used to teach financial education, we would teach the concepts, but nobody understood how the concepts work. So what, is, what happens if I do it the way you told me to do it? What manifests, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got to teach people and we've got to bring our bank partners in so that they can engage people through products and services. That's where the coaching piece comes in. That's where we really begin to build that muscle mass. You open that checking account. You open that savings account now you establish established financial goals. You've established five financial goals for yourself. You had to research and study those financial goals. You know that you need transportation, you need a car. Now you understand that maybe buying a cash car is where you need to come from because your budget won't ac- accommodate a new car payment. So when people begin to see these things work for themselves, that's where they begin to build financial muscle mass, then self-efficacy comes in, then they begin to make different decisions because their mind changes. Mm-hmm. Dr. Rhonda and I always call it the heart, head, and habit effect. So, heart. So, what's in your heart? Mm-hmm. How how do you see money, and and how are you? What's your perception about money? What's your money habit and attitude habitude? What habitude. is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once you change and shift that, then you can begin to fulfill long term goals for yourself. Home ownership entrepreneurship then you can begin to build those emergency savings accounts then you can begin to think about things like passing wealth onto your children Mm -hmm. because you have a whole different mindset Mindset. about money so it's it's those four pillars that do it and and it's really awesome to see them all come together and to see a person come up and come out and their whole change Mm -hmm. they pivot yeah and, and now they're contributing positively to the economy because now they're earning a livable wage where before they were earning minimum wage, now they're earning a livable wage and now they understand that their behavior impacts their children, yes. children they see.
1: I was gonna say, creating, it's kinda like a domino effect through the education. Therefore, they will be able to provide that same example to their youngsters or even people within their community. Mm-hmm. If someone wanted to learn more about the series that you guys are, are putting on or participate, how would they do so?
0: So we are definitely social. Um, our, our website is getting ready to go through some some changes because we're getting ready to update that. But you can find everything that we're doing on social media. So we are on LinkedIn. Um, we are on Instagram. And we are on Facebook. So on Facebook, we are CSE Atlanta. On Instagram, we are at CSE And on Facebook, we are Community Sustainability Enterprise. And then on LinkedIn, it's Deirdre Cox. Mm -hmm. So Connect with Deirdre, y'all. Yes.
1: She's a good connector. Yes. I want to just read something else, because this is great, and this is an absolute description of you, that you have an uncanny knack to forge impactful (laughs) cross-collaborative partnerships. That's exactly what we're talking about. Why are you laughing at me? It's true. (laughs) That drive businesses and community development. Absolutely. Moving and shaking. Dear Joe, what would you send um, to our young listeners um, for for the first step to kind of become a change agent? Maybe someone that doesn't have as much time as you because this is what you do full time. Someone that has a full time corporate nine to five job and they're looking to kind of dip their toes into some sort of give back. What would be the first step or first thing that you could suggest to them
0: to become involved? I think it's first of all, it's very important to sit down and understand your why for wanting to get involved. Um, You know, what what things impacted you? Because you heard my why. Um, I had people that loved on me and supported me because things could have turned out completely different. So identify what it is you want to impact. How do you, what's the change you want to see in the world. And then you got to be able to find those people, like I said, three kinds of people, somebody that knows more than you do, a mentor. I think it's really important. Greg Shumate has mentored me in many different instances. I think that it's important to have multiple mentors. You know, he was a business mentor, a small business mentor. I've got a spiritual mentor. Um, I've got a mommy mentor, right? Um, So I think it's important that you you talk to a mentor about how you can really impact a circle of influence, because you got to find your tribe and your purpose, and your purpose is your why and then you got to pursue that and you can do that once a week you can do that once a month you can do that once a quarter but then you've got to be consistent with it and you've got to find your trough where do you go to do that thing that you do on a regular basis and who do you do it with Mm -hmm. and you've got to be committed to it but you got to get out there and do it
1: got to get out there and do it be the change that you want to see Mm
0: -hmm.
1: well I enjoyed seeing you Uh, we saw each other a lot last week we actually attended a a gala do you say gala or gala
0: I say both, potato, potato. Yeah, that's how I
1: feel. Uh, At the formerly the Infinite Energy Center, now the Gas South District, put on by Jason DeFranco and his team. And you looked so lovely, if I might add. They had some music, and I didn't didn't catch what the overall um, success was monetarily, but I know that, that I'm sure that they were able to raise some great funds outside of the gala that I just saw you at, um, what other type of social functions do you enjoy
0: participating in? So my business partner's having her book launch tomorrow. Wow. Um she, yes, she, she's she's uh, What's the name of the book? The name plug of the Dr. book Dr. Rhonda plug Doctor Rhonda the name of the book <laughs> is the gold the goal digger. Ooh, so it's about gold. setting goals. G O A L the goal digger guidebook. Is what it is, and it's got a workbook with it, and it's really about digging deep into your goals, setting them, and accomplishing them through the SMART goal method, right? So I love supporting other people. I love going to other people's functions. Um, she's my business partner, so I'm going to definitely be there for that. But I love going to the galas, um, love love attending um, a lot of the functions at the chamber, um, love little girls' night, night outs, um, love going to wine tastings, yes. um, love beach parties
1: oh yeah she likes the beaches calling you I can tell yeah stand in between your toes and I think that we see each other at the 1818 club on occasion
0: and we do and I'm going to start doing more of the 1818 mixers on Wednesday nights because that's a great opportunity to network absolutely and if I'm not mistaken I think Nick Messino is post up there on Wednesday nights Mm -hmm. I will be
1: there tonight I I frequent it and I will say um, because I'm such a networker like it's in my blood I do have to realize that people go there just like to be social, and then I need to turn the work off and just enjoy having an adult beverage with my um, chambermates and community members, but it is a very nice crowd. Um, I think they're having a little event there tonight. Deirdre, I have enjoyed talking to you so much, and I I would love to continue our conversation over lunch or coffee sometime because there are some personal things that I'd like to deep dive with you um, about. If anybody out there would like to get a hold of you personally and maybe continue the conversation or see how they can help uh, you or your organization outside of your LinkedIn information, is there anything you'd like to share with the audience?
0: um emails work but I'm always carrying this phone with me my phone I've, I've got to learn to sleep without the phone but uh, I'm going to put it out there if you want to speak with me about any way that we can support you or you can support us 757 area code that's right never got gave up my Virginia phone number <laughs> 757-342-4096 is me and that number I keep for David
1: hmm. that's sweet yeah Well, you heard it from Miss Deirdre Cox. I thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I think all of our listeners are going to enjoy the conversation we had. And we do just want to, again, I want to personally thank um, Tammy and Greg Shumate for participating in this series. And again, Terry Jondal as she has been uh, the tried and true supporter for the past couple years. Um, If you guys would like to find our podcast, we are available um, on all the podcast applications. You can simply search Celebrating Powerhouse Women. If you find value in this series, I'd appreciate you subscribing. Rating and reviewing the podcast. Um, we are also available 24 7 online at businessradiox.com. Just select the Gwinnett Studio and stay connected with us on social media at Gwinnett Radio X. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Amanda Pierch, P E A R C H. And until next time, I am your host, and this has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X.